Merry Christmas. Welcome to our family's favorite Christmas story read aloud. Gather the kids and find a cozy spot to relax while I read to all of you our family's favorite Christmas story. Most of my kids are grown up and some even have kids of their own, so it makes me really happy to be able to share this with you today. Years ago, my husband's mom gave us a book of Christmas stories and songs, but this particular story seemed to be our kids' favorite. Are you ready? It's called Christmas Eve from the 24 Days Before Christmas by Madeline LaIngle. When we woke up on Christmas Eve morning, we ran to the windows. Not only was the ground white, but we couldn't even see the road. Mother said the snowplow went through at five o'clock so the farmers could get the milk out. And Daddy had followed the milk trucks, but the road had already filled in again. We ate breakfast quickly, put on snowsuits, and ran out to play. The snow was soft and sticky, the very best kind for making snowmen and building forts. We spent the morning making a Christmas snowman and started a fort around him. John is good at cutting blocks out of snow like an Eskimo. We weren't nearly finished, though, when Mother called us in for lunch. After lunch, Susie said, I might as well go upstairs and have my nap and get it over with. We have to have naps on Christmas Eve if we want to stay after the pageant for the Christmas Eve service. Susie is very businesslike about things like naps. Mother looked a little peculiar, but she didn't say anything, and Susie went upstairs to bed taking a book. She can't read, but she likes looking at pictures. Mother lit the kitchen fire and sat in front of it to read to John and me. We were just settled and comfortable when the phone rang. Mother answered it. We listened. Yes, I was afraid of that. Of course. They'll be disappointed, but they'll have to understand. She hung up and turned to John and me. What's the matter, John asked. Mother said, the pageant's been called off because of the blizzard, and so has the Christmas Eve service. But why, John demanded. Mother looked out the windows. How do you think anybody could travel in this weather, John? We're completely snowed in. The roadmen are concentrating on keeping the main roads open, but all the side roads are unusable. That means that about three-quarters of the village is snowed in just like us. I'm sorry about the angel, Vicky. I know it's a big disappointment to you, but remember that lots of other children are disappointed too. I looked over at the creche with Mary and Joseph now in their places, and the manger still empty and waiting for the baby Jesus. Well, I guess lots worse things could happen, I thought. If this means mother will be home for Christmas. And then I thought, blizzards can stop pageants, but they can't stop babies. And if the baby starts coming, she'll have to go to the hospital anyhow. You're a good girl to be so philosophical, mother said. But I didn't really think I was being philosophical. John said, anyhow, it looks as though the baby's going to wait till after Christmas. Mother answered, let's hope so. John pressed his nose against the window until the pain steamed up. How's Daddy going to get home? It seemed to me that Mother looked anxious as she said, I must admit I'm wondering about that myself. But it's Christmas Eve, John said. He has to get home. All Mother said was, he'll do the best he can. At least I'm 
the only maternity case on his list right now. In all my worrying about mother not being home for Christmas, it had never occurred to me that daddy might not be. Even when he's been called off on an emergency, he's always been around for most of the time. But if the blizzard was bad enough to call off church, it was maybe bad enough so daddy couldn't get up the long, steep hill that led to the village. When it began to get dark, Susie woke up all pink from sleep and hurried downstairs. She was very cross when mother told her that the pageant and the Christmas Eve service had been called off. I needn't have slept so long after all, and I wanted to see Vicky be the angel. Mother answered, we all did, Susie. Susie stamped, I'm mad at that old blizzard. Mother laughed, that's not going to stop the snow. And remember, you've been looking for snow every day. Now you've got it, with a vengeance. This is the worst blizzard I remember in years. John lit the candle in the window and flicked the switch that turns on the outdoor Christmas tree and the light over the garage door. Then we all looked out the windows. The only way you could tell where the road used to be is by the five little pines at the edge of the lawn and by the birches across the road. The outdoor Christmas tree was laden with snow and the light shone through and dropped small pools of color on the ground. The great flakes of snow were still falling as heavily as ever, soft and starry against the darkness. I guess Daddy will have to spend the night at the hospital, John said. Mother came to the window and looked over our heads. No car can possibly get up that road. Susie asked, What are we going to have for dinner? Mother turned from the window. I think I'll just take hamburger out of the freezer. I thought she looked worried. I stayed by the window. Please let Daddy get home. Please let Daddy get home. But I knew Mother was right, and a car couldn't possibly get up the road, even with new snow tires and chains. Please, God, I'm not bargaining. I'm not bribing or anything. I'm just asking. Please let Daddy get home. If I knew how to offer my whole self, I would, but I don't know how, so please let Daddy get home. Please let then, just as the words began to jumble themselves up in my mind, I saw something wa in the wide expanse of snow. Somewhere near the curve of the road ought to be. A light. Mother. John. Susie. They all came running to the window. It's a flashlight, John said. Snowshoes, Mother cried. John, run to the garage and see if Daddy took his snowshoes. John hurried to the kitchen door and in a minute came back grinning happily. They're gone. The light came closer and closer and soon we could see Daddy, his head and shoulders covered with snow. His snowshoes moved steadily and regularly over the white ground. We ran tumbling out to the garage and flung our arms around him and the dogs jumped up on him and barked in greeting. Whoa, he said, let me get my snowshoes off. He handed the snowshoes to John who hung them up. Then he stamped his feet and shook and the snow tumbled off of him. The dogs dashed out into the snow, came whirling back into the garage and shook off even more snow. Come along, Daddy said, let's get in out of the cold. When we got indoors, Daddy kissed Mother. She leaned her head against his shoulder. I was afraid you wouldn't be able to get home. Daddy said, you didn't think I'd leave you now, did you? 
And mother said, I've been having contractions off and on all day. Oh, I am so glad you're home. Daddy put another log on the fire. Outdoors, the snow was still falling. Indoors, it was warm and cozy. The star lit up the little stable, and Daddy went to the white cardboard box and took out the tiny wax figure of the baby. I think we can put Jesus in the manger now. Mother said, we might as well have the reading now, too, because this is all the Christmas Eve service we're going to get. John went into the living room and turned on the Christmas tree lights so that there was the beauty of the Christmas tree indoors and the Christmas tree outdoors, and Daddy sat by the fire and read us the Christmas story. I looked at the angel on top of the indoor Christmas tree, and I felt peaceful and happy. When we'd finished dinner and were nearly through with the dishes, Mother gave a funny little gasp and said to Daddy, "'How are you going to get me to the hospital?' Daddy laughed. Upstairs is as far as I'm going to get you tonight. He looked at us. Children, I'm going to ask you to finish the dishes and clean up the kitchen. Suddenly, he sounded like a doctor, not just a daddy. John put on a full kettle to boil. Blizzards don't ask anybody when they should come and neither do babies. He put his arm around mother and they went upstairs. What about dessert? Susie asked. We were going to have dessert after we'd done the dishes. If you're really interested in dessert, I'll get you some ice cream out of the freezer, John said. After all, Susie is a very little girl. She ate a large bowl of ice cream. When the kitchen was all cleaned up, Daddy came downstairs. He carried the Christmas stockings and he told us to hang them carefully at the living room fireplace. You'd be staying up late tonight anyhow, so please just be good. Vicky, keep that kettle hot for me and feed the cats and put them down in the cellar for the night. The snow beat against the windows. The wind rattled the shutters. In spite of her nap, Susie got sleepy and curled up on the living room sofa. I went to the stove. I'd better make the cocoa to put on the mantelpiece with the cookies for Santa Claus. Make enough for us while you're at it, John said. We drank two and then three cups of cocoa. We tiptoed out to the storeroom where we'd hidden our presents for mother and daddy and put them under the tree. Time seemed to stretch out and out, and daddy didn't come back downstairs. The dogs lay in front of the fire and snored. Suddenly, Mr. Rochester, the Great Dane, pricked up his ears. John and I listened, but we didn't hear anything. At the top of the cellar stairs, a cat meowed. Mr. Rochester sat up, raised his head, his tail thumped against the floor. Then we did hear something, something unmistakable, loud and clear. It was a cry. It was a baby's cry. I started to get up, but John said, wait. In a little while, Daddy came bounding down the stairs, and he was beaming. You have a little brother, children. He took the kettle and hurried back up the stairs, calling, you can come up in a few minutes. Wait. The baby cried again, a lusty yell. I went to the creche. The light from the star shone down on the stable. The elephant and the pig and her piglet seemed to have moved in closer. The baby lay on his bed of straw. Listen, John held up his hand. Across the fields came the sound of the clock in the church steeple striking midnight. Let's wake Susie up and tell her. 
Susie sleeps soundly, and it took us a long time to wake her properly. By the time she realized what had happened, Daddy came back downstairs. You can come up now for just a minute, children, but Mother's tired and the baby's asleep, so be very quiet. We tiptoed up the stairs and into the big bedroom. Mother was lying in the big bed and smiling. In the crook of her arm was a little bundle. We tiptoed closer. The bundle was our baby brother. His face was all puckered up and rosy. His eyes were closed tight. He had a wisp of dampish hair. He had a tiny bud of a mouth. One little fist was close to his cheek. We stood and stared at him. We were too excited and awed to speak. Mother asked, isn't he beautiful? And we all nodded. Then Daddy shooed us out. All right, time for bed, everybody. John went off to his room and Susie and I to ours. When we had undressed and brushed our teeth and Susie was in bed, I stood at the window. The snow had stopped. The ground was a great soft blanket of white broken by the dark lines of trees and the beautiful colors of the outdoor tree. The sky was dark and clear and crusted with stars. I watched and watched and there was one star that was brighter and more sparkling than any of the others, the Christmas star. Mother was home. Daddy was home. Our baby brother was home. We were all together. I whispered, thank you. And the light shone right into my heart.